And we're back. This is episode 37 of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason. And while I might be flying solo for just a minute, I'm going to hand the controls over to Adam, my fearless co-pilot, who is going to be introducing Justin Prime to you, who's got a great comic that he is kickstarting right now, and of all places, Kickstarter. That's appropriate, right? So look, um, there's been a lot of news this week, this past weekend. I'm recording this the evening of, Jul- of uh, November 12th. I almost said July 12th. Um, and there's been a lot of movement on uh, editor, I should say executive editor, Eddie Berganza over at DC Comics. So you might be able to expect a special episode to drop this week once we know what's going on uh, with as, as far as Time Warner and DC Comics' investigation into his alleged misdeeds, which have been reported for years. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. So with the, without further ado, here's Adam's interview with Justin Prime on this episode of Graphic Content. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination, the strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. How's life? He seems nice. talking about uh, partially my Kickstarter, I guess whatever else comes up. I have issue two, the Kickstarter is launching on Wednesday, that's November 1st, um, for my second issue of Sculpture Stories for Echo. So that's uh, kind of what brought us together and whatever happens from there. I don't know. Okay. So Justin, what got you into Sculpture Stories? Uh, that's actually... Sadly to say, it's not totally my idea. My, my younger brother is this just tremendous he's like inspiration. He's constantly, his ideas are just like, it's never ending. Like he always has these really cool ideas. And I was at a point three years ago, maybe, where I thought, you know what, I, 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 had, my, I had my son, my second child, and I realized how limited my time was. And because, you know, like a newborn, it's like, you, you just, the time-wise, just there's not much of it. So I was drawing in like bursts of like 20 minutes here and there. And before that, I you know I had like a whole night, or I'd be able to count on sleep and whatnot. So I realized like, wow, I have like very very small amount of time. I better make this count. And I, I decided like I'm gonna make my own little uh, comic or or at least pages for a portfolio. That was what I was aiming after. But then I was like, yeah, I have no ideas. I don't. There was no characters. I, I didn't want to do a traditional superhero kind of thing. I didn't want to audition for Spider-Man exactly. And I was like racking my brain about it. And I was like, oh yeah, Jeff, my brother. 
like, I can hit him up and he'll have shit just pouring out, you know. And so he had um he had shown me this thing called mixed martial animals, which is what, wait wait so is is this what I think it is? What like mixed martial animals? Are we talking like MMA with animals? It's that well that it's kind of, it would be like Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Where there's okay. a world of animals and um, there was a rhino, uh, ostrich I think, um, a bunny and something else. And he did he create this? Or? Yeah, this is all him. Okay. But it was not finished. Like he didn't have names to the characters. He had the loose idea of a story and had written it out, but it wasn't in script form. But he had these really cool things called sculptures in it. And these were like these enemies that came from Earth to attack this planet of animals, right? So I was like, okay, I can't do this animal thing because it's not ready yet. But I love that sculpture character. He had this really cool design, the initial design, which I still had it, but um, was very similar to my, to my design. And I was like, can I have your permission to take that sculpture character? And I want to do just like a 10-page comic. And so if you, if, if you read issue one, there's about 10 pages in, in between. Um, is that, that where the half issue comes in? No, no, that's, okay. that was the whole thing. Okay, that was, okay. Yeah. So he, he gave me, he said, yeah, go ahead and you know, use it, that's fine. And so I did 10 pages, and I did, still didn't have a story, though. So what I did was I looked up um, Creative Commons, uh, you know, like stories, just old stories that are free that you won't get penalized for creating, you know. And uh, I was looking through stuff, like poems, I had something kind of short, and I found this thing called the Jabberwocky from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. And so issue one has the Jabberwocky poem in it, set to my characters, which fits the storyline. Oh, nice. So originally it was, Sculpture Stories was just, I loved the Sculpture character from my brother, and plus, you know, um, Jabberwocky from Lewis Carroll, the author. And, uh... The, what my goal was was to, I just want to have fun with it. Um, I just wanted to like that's kind of the perfect lose. goal for comics. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. I guess so. Yeah, I suck at um, buildings. I suck at perspective, and I might be good at it, but I don't. I, don't, I just it, I hate doing it so much that I don't even want to bother. Um, which <laughs> kind of, you know limits me as far as what I'll be able to accomplish as an artist probably. But I was like, I'm gonna do ten pages of something I know I can knock out of the park. So it was a guy in a cool mask. Um, with nature kind of surroundings and stuff, um, and a dragon monster kind of character, the Jabberwocky. Um, so it was really just me pushing my strengths and having a ton of fun, and then I realized how much fun it was, and I'm like, I can't leave it at this. So he gave me permission to kind of develop it further, and all of a sudden I have six pages written, or sorry, six issues written. Um, so issue one I extended, and then two, three, four, five, and six, are completely written. Issue two is now totally done and ready to be printed. Yeah, ready to be printed. I just need the funding for it. So, what is your funding goal for the issue amount? two? Yeah. Uh, right now, I think I have it at two thousand five hundred thirty, but I think I can drop it. Last time I, I did Kickstarter before for issue one, and the goal was like I want to say twenty six hundred fifty something like that. Um, and we met that plus like five hundred bucks. Oh, nice. Something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I and it, was, it was really tight. It was Kickstarter is like very nerve wracking. I don't know if you have an experience. With I I have too much experience there, with it. Do you? I, with buying or with uh, running one? Running one. Oh, right on. I uh, I was 
an o Kickstarter OG about seven, eight years ago. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it was a bad experience. <laughs> and it wasn't at the time. It was so much the everything after was a bad experience. Oh, really? Yeah. So. For me, it was all the prep work, um, which I this time I took. I've been working on it for like a couple months. Now I know how much work goes into it. Yeah. For a couple months, and I'm still not totally done, which sucks because now it's like crunch time. But um, I spread it out. I paced myself. But, you know, with, with Kickstarter, like the first week or so is like maybe, maybe the first few days is like, you know, that's when you really mm -hmm. like flood, you know. Yeah. People are buying then. And then there's like this drought. And then right at the yes. end, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And people about. had warned me about that, <laughs> yeah, and it hit me. So at first it was like I was right on pace, and then all of a sudden it stopped, and I was like, "It's not going to happen." Mm -hmm. And then the last few days, all of a sudden, people thought it was a good idea, or whatever, and started backing. It's one of those things like, "Oh crap, this isn't going to happen unless we make it happen. Let's go make this happen." Yeah, and I definitely amped up my like I, I had kind of given up in the middle. And I was like, no, I gotta take this seriously, and and really like keeping people interested throughout. It, it's it's very time consuming. The whole thing is very time consuming. Yeah. So this this time around, um, well, it sounds like the prep, like a lot of this is in the prep work. I didn't know that yeah. going into mine. Yeah. We just went in. We had all these great ideas, and then thought, well, we'll just execute it once it's done. And that was a lot easier said than done. So it sounds like to me with the with the prep work, you've kind of got a lot of that nerve-wracking stuff that would that for me came after done ahead of time. Yeah, I think so. And then once it was completed, like I everything was ready to go. Yeah, so I, I all the stuff like the stickers, the book, the shirt designs, everything's like ready to go. And I actually it's sitting there like pending. You know, on there's a, a website called Sticker App. Everything's uploaded and ready to go. Um, the t-shirts I'm getting through um, something or other and it's like it's ready to go I just do the funding for it so like everything all that stuff after the Kickstarter is over I feel that that will go pretty quickly nice yeah and I've even uh, like every, all that stuff's planned out to make my life you know as, as smooth as possible it's just it's the stuff before and the stuff during keeping people engaged and interested so I have some stuff planned out like full um, semi planned out like uh, doing a sculpture design contest and see if people want to submit sculpture designs, and whoever wins gets, I don't know what yet, but just that's <laughs> something to keep yeah. momentum and get people sharing about it and talking about it, and mm -hmm. hopefully that'll help. I think it helped last time I did a lot of that, and it seemed to help out a lot. Yeah. Well, I figure sneaking in a panel into issue three or something like that with that person's design or something, that'd be pretty cool. It, it's there. There's I can't promise that, but um, that can definitely happen because well I have my six issues written but I have all these side issues kind of like the half one like you read that half okay issue. yeah yeah there's also these half issues that I have for my main characters but I got these half issues or these six page things like I can bust those out at least in written form pretty quickly so if, if someone does win yeah I could do like a short contest that's actually not a bad idea thank <laughs> you for that yeah <laughs> yeah um so I noticed in the half issue, it was all black and white. Yeah. Except for I want to say the the captions and all that was all in color, correct? Yeah, Nix was in black, and then Penelope was in that, red. Yeah. That's right. And then, so is that going to be the basic structure of the issue? No, 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 no. Issue one and issue two are full color. Okay. 
Um, the half issues was just kind of like, I just wanted to get the extra story out there. It's like a bonus. That's yeah. the way I look at it. It, it goes into the, the main, like Nyx is the main character in issue one. So in the half issue, we learn more about him and kind of why he hates uh, Elik, the Earth-in-law interplanetary commands, like the off-world military wing or whatever. Um, so we learn more about him and why he detests them so much. And there's also, in these, these give me opportunities to sprinkle in little story elements that will pop up like way later on. Okay. So I'm... The whole foreshadowing thing? There's lots of it there, yeah. and because... All I do is think about this like all the time. <laughs> I think about my story and how the psychic abilities work and how the weapon works and exactly what it is and all this because I, I just think about it constantly. But it, comics take a long time to make, so I can't make them all. Well, especially when you're talking about having a small kid. Yeah. You know, and you've already got another kid. The eight-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And so I can imagine that just being... Just being yeah. a dad is a... It can be a full-time job in and of itself, oh, yeah. not to mention... The, the paying stuff, the paying job, and I know yeah. you take commissions through your Instagram and all Every that. now and then, not, not too often, because I want to have the most time I have I can for sculptures. Luckily, like, I have a career, and I, I love my job, and it pays well. So, doing sculptures is, I, I'm not dependent on making money through art. I, I like to, and that's how I buy stuff like my laptop, you know. But um, I'm not... Depended on it, so I do have. That's where I do have some freedom in what I choose. Okay. As so, so I can turn away commissions, um, and I can say like, no, I'm going to focus just on sculptures, which is kind of what I want to do at this point. Like I, I used to do conventions a few times mm -hmm. a year, and I stopped doing those entirely. Oh wow! I love conventions, but it takes away time from the family, adds a lot of stress to me, and it takes away a lot of time from working on the comic, because conventions take yeah. months to prep, and it's a lot—not months, but. A month or two to prepare like it's a long mm -hmm. process yeah I mean there's constantly not constant often enough you'll see people just straight drop out of a convention for deadline issues oh yeah and that's pretty common you know you'll get one or two yeah. artists or something like that um, I know a couple of years ago drew Johnson dropped out of Stockton con because he was like I got deadlines coming oh, up really? I can't yeah and so I mean I get it being an artist it's a time-consuming thing yeah, and so for me, it's like, there's no deadlines, there's no, no one's going to like, you know, yell at me for being late with something, it's just, I really want to work on my comic, it's, I'm having a blast, it's a lot of, it's genuinely fun, and I've, I've found that I need that creative outlet to be sane, and, I, and I've really discovered now I like the storytelling aspect of it, because up until this, I was drawing fan art over and over and over again, which was fun, but I found myself getting bored, and I didn't know why. And then that's when I was like, I, I gotta, I need to create something now. I can draw well enough, now I need to create my own thing, you know? And once I tapped into that, like, it's just unlocked the storytelling part of that, I, the world the world, the world building. I'm really enjoying that. I'm loving that part. Now, you had, <clears throat> I'm gonna, just slap me if I say now, because that's like one of my worst habits, is I'll say now, da, 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 da. just slap me next time I say it. Um, <laughs> With this, you you've built you talked about building up kind of your skills as an artist. Yeah. At what point did you develop confidence in the writing end of things? That's a really good question. I think I don't know. I I I think I've just been having so much fun with it. I don't care. 
That's Honestly, like that's, that's perfect. Not, I've never thought about that. It's like I'm just I'm really enjoying it. And I've let a few people read my stuff, and they said it was good. But honestly, it just whether it's I just I like it. I, I'm enjoying it. It's really like this is for me. Like, honestly, I'm, I like sharing it. I like getting mm-hmm. feedback and making people happy. Hopefully, but really, it's my story, my characters. It's it's really for me. Like, honestly, I, mean? I feel like that's what makes the best comics. When it's crazy. You, yeah, yeah. When you can make those comics for you, yeah, then it's hard to beat that. Yeah. And I think that's, where, that's probably true in any medium. You know what I mean? Like when a, com- a comedian first tries to make themselves laugh, then people, you know, I think, follow yeah. after that. So this is where, I think, especially with the writing part, it's like, this is, I'm just kind of doing this for me. It's, it's really fun. I, I love the, the emotions of my characters and the storylines and the history. I have this huge timeline I've developed. I have no idea if I'll ever get to doing everything. But I, I have this Google Doc of about a hundred years worth of wow. history for my characters and where the story's going. Wow. It's getting pretty ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's perfect, especially if you're looking to, at, at some point later down the road, incorporate people. Uh, yeah. Like, the first thing that springs to mind is, like, Mike Mignola and Hellboy and how that universe has gotten just insane. Has it? All the... Side stories. I don't follow that at all. I read the old stuff. Yeah, like. But I don't know currently where it's at. All of that stuff, like, they've done, they've done a mini series on or an ongoing series on a bunch of those characters. Really? Yeah, and then not only that, they've started doing Hellboy and the VPRD, and they've said it like back in the fifties and forties. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Okay. And so I mean that that universe is just constantly offshooting and offshooting and. They'll have offshoots of offshoots and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. So whenever you're like, yeah, 100 years worth, that was the first thing that sprung to Totally, yeah. Mind. I think about that a lot, and I even have a mental list in my head of what artists I would love to see doing what. And I think a natural fit would be to hire someone to do those side issues, because artists are expensive. Oh, yes. But paying them to do a side issue might be doable, but it still is a lot of money. Um, but... I, yeah, that's something I think about a lot. Is like I I really want to handle the writing part of it, but I I know there's artists I can trust out there to handle bringing it to life. You know? Yeah. And maybe even a certain story might not fit my style as well as it might fit somebody else's. So yeah, hiring someone to do those kind of things and then building it into like an anthology and doing a Kickstarter for that. Yeah, that's definitely a loose plan or idea in mind. Yeah, later later down the line. Yeah, I mean, I want to get everything out as soon as I can, so I'd love to do it tomorrow, but realistically, I don't think it's going to happen for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, and then you got these six issues you're trying to build up. Now, are you going to do a, um, are you going to do a Kickstarter for all six issues, or after <coughs> issue three, are you going to do three through six? That's, yeah, I, it's funny you ask. I, I don't know. I, I thought I would do each issue individually. After the first Kickstarter, I, I swore off I would never do a Kickstarter again because it was so... It kicked oh, ass. yes. I mean, it was just brutal. But a year went by, and I'm like, I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how hindsight will it, just it, be it, like, that wasn't that really bad. It really is, yeah. Um, so I definitely, I think I'll do it for issue three. Um, but yeah, four through six. So one, two, and three is where we meet the team. Four through six is where we see what happens after the team gets together on 4 So issue 3 will have two more Skullgers to add to the, to the mix. 
Um, issue one is Nyx, issue two is Masako, and issue three will be these twins, Lance and Annie. So the so one, two, and three are kind of like almost one shot issues. Yeah. Okay. They 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 can stand alone on their own, but I mean obviously they're, they're supposed to kind of like the Avengers build up, you know, in wave one of MCU. Okay. Where it's like you can watch Iron Man by itself, but really the benefit is it connects to the other ones, right? Yeah. So yeah, the issues one through three you can read by themselves and get to know the character, and that's that's that. Um, and then four, five, and six, really, that is one larger storyline that could exist on its own. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to kind of just do all those and and maybe do Kickstarter for like a graphic novel size kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know yet. So that, well, that's the nice thing about it being yours is you can yeah. it, plans can change. You can shape things exactly. as they go. Yeah. Yeah, so that that is something that I've thought of. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a process nerd, so that's a lot of. Whenever I think about, it's funny because I'll read a comic, and in the middle of it, I'll be like, "Did they do X, Y, Z when they were making yeah. this?" Yeah, and uh, you know that's a lot of fun for me. But yeah. at, at the heart of it, you've developed these characters. Yeah, what what's been the biggest inspiration behind? driving those characters outside of of course the visual aspect um i wanted i'm not i don't want to get too far into this but i'm not like in social justice kind of person but i didn't want each character to be the same either so i, I have nix is the bratty little white kid basically masako is this um she's japanese older she walks in like a shuffle, like her her, her feet are like. So when we're talking older, we're like senior citizen. She's like fifth, well, fifty-ish. Okay, like 56. almost a senior citizen. Yeah, she's getting there. Um, and then the twins are thirty-something-year-olds. Um, they're African American. I think they're gonna be from the uh, from England somewhere around there. I want them to have like a British accent or something. Um, so I, I want to like I wanted them to be from different backgrounds, you know. But really, what's that, I mean, that's just kind of visually more, I guess. Um, Storyline-wise, eh, I'm not sure how much that's going to add to it. But really what drives the character is I, my career, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I'm a, I work with kids and families and parents um, doing mental health kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So I have this pool of like emotional content. And I'm not, I would never take someone's story and put it in my story. But the emotional stuff of it. Well, it's you know? almost like you can't when you're that entrenched in something yeah, like that. Exactly. It's almost like it, it becomes a part of you to where you you can't yeah. not. Yeah, right, right. And so I would never steal someone's life history, but as a therapist, you you get to know people on a very deep emotional level. So that's a big, big, big part of all my characters. Now, issues one, two, and three, you're, I don't go too deep into it, but it's more of the side issues. So with Nick's inside issue, the well, one half, we learn about him and his relationship with Penelope, and also about his relationship with his parents and being ripped away from them by the Earthling government, Earthling law, and then being ripped away from Penelope. And at the end of it, we learn that he's going to four. That's not really a spoiler, of course. So we learn that he's being ripped away from everything and being sent off to four Echo. Okay, so four echo is the that's the that's the that's it's a planet. Okay, is uh, it kind of like the to, to use the like a Star Wars analogy? Is that kind of like the Empire? No, four echo is a planet. Um, okay, there's no his his ship is named uh, Madeline or the AI on the ship is named Madeline. 
Um, so they, they go off. So there's so far there's three planets. There's two Echo, three Echo, and four Echo. They're named Echo because it's they're very similar to Earth. It's like an Echo of Earth. Okay. Um, I don't know why there's not a one Echo. <laughs> well, Earth, that's the first one, and everything's yeah. an Echo after that. Yeah, so, so they're just sense. numbered. So yeah. two Echo is the mixed martial animals. That's where it takes place. Okay. Two Echo. So that is still actually within the school of your... Oh, nice. It is, okay. I would love to get to that at some point. Three Echo is where Org comes from. He's the big purple alien guy. I don't, I don't know if you've seen him on my Instagrams or anything, but he's from Three Echo, and he teams up with Misako and Ishu, too. And then Four Echo is uh, kind of like an elfin planet. There's all More, more fantasy-based? That's definitely part of it, yeah. Um, but the dominant race on Four Echo are these elfin... I call them Aglians. These elfin long-eared characters. Okay. And there's also the Jabberwock is on four echo, this dragon type character. Um, oh, so yeah, so the, a big undercurrent of my characters is that emotional content, and specifically the, the pain they've been through. Um, now that I think about it, it's not terribly happy. <laughs> These <laughs> characters aren't terribly happy. Um, Nyx has been torn away from a lot of loved ones, and he's got he's just filled with spite and hate. Um, well, you write what you know, and if that's kind of what, if that's like your career, that's what yeah. you're entrenched in. A lot of what the kids I've worked with um, don't have one or both of their parents, um, have been taken away by foster, or not foster, by CPS and put mm -hmm. into foster care. Um, so apparently that's bled into what I'm writing. Um, Masako is a, uh, she's a victim of abuse. I'm not going to go more into that because I want to save it for issue 1.5. But um, she's a victim of heavy, heavy abuse, and that's definitely a part of working in therapy. Um, and we see that in the way that she interacts with people in issue two. Um, so yeah, that that stuff, and I, I want to spend more time on it and really develop the emotional stuff. Um, but that's a huge part of of my characters, and we're getting to know them. You know, like I, I, hopefully people will actually feel something for you know what they're reading. That's a big goal of mine. Well, yeah, I mean, anytime you're putting out a story out there, it's it's a weird emotional manipulation thing if you're doing it, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, I want to, like, I want people to feel sad or desperate in certain parts and also humor and, you know. But, um, yeah, I, a goal of mine is that, that we're feeling something along with the characters, you know. And that's probably a goal of any writer. Yeah. Yeah. With your visual style, um, where did you... Did you develop that from your brother Jeff as well with a no, lot of it, or did he, does no, he is he like completely different than your very, style? His, his stuff is his visually he's very I want to say kitty, but he's more kid friendly. He would do really well as a Pokemon artist, okay, uh, or drawing Link. Uh, no, actually, he could kick ass at Link, but more of a simplistic. I think it's Wind Waker. Okay, that cel shaded kind of look. Okay. Um, so he's more of this very simple kind of style, not comic book style. More, more towards like animated, cartoonish. Yeah, type I guess of you could stuff. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, a more, I don't know. I guess comic book style, more contemporary. I would think. Um, I don't really, I don't know how to label it any better, but no, visually we're we're pretty distinct. It's but his his ideas. It's like. He's got the coolest ideas, and really, what I wanted to do, he has this just really cool, like, story about a kid in this fantasy world, and it just blew me away. And I was like begging him to let me draw it. 
And he's like, no, my style would be best for this. And I, I pitched it to him, and I, I drew out his character. I'm like, look, <laughs> dude, I can knock this out of the park. Let me do it. And he, he would never let me do it. Wow. And I really, really wanted to because it would be this cool like, fantasy epic. And yeah. It was all like on this other planet of like, it was all organic, which is my strength. And um, apparently he, he like pitched to other people or something like that. He was trying to find an artist. Yeah, he was trying to find an artist oh, okay. to do it. And he was getting submissions. And he, he said no one fit it the way he wanted it to look. And so I drew it. And he's like, yours is the closest to what I want it to look like. But still So I was there. like right there. And he's like, <laughs> and he, he said, but no, I, I'm probably going to do it on my own. Which he has, it's been years. He hasn't done it. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the worst. I was really excited about that too. Yeah. And now, now I'm hooked on sculptures, so it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So you developed your... You developed quite a following on Instagram. Yeah. Has that been essential coming into this and doing the Kickstarter stuff and having that fan base? Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't know how I would have successfully funded issue one just cold. Like if I just uploaded it and hoped, I don't think I don't know if that would work. You know, um, having the fan base be excited about it, look forward to it, and then especially do. Um, their custom uh, fan art of my characters, which is like the coolest experience for me. But when they do that, they show their fans, obviously, their followers, their family, their friends. So seeing them do their own <clears throat> sculptures or their own version of Nick's for issue one, that was huge. And then I did um, some sort of giveaway where if they, what the hell was it? They could just like repost something, they would get um, some of my artwork. And a bunch of them did that. Not a whole lot, but enough, you know. So stuff like that really helps. And then there was there was people that just shared, just kind of posted that I had a Kickstarter going just for the hell of it, just because they were cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, that made a huge difference. And then there was people I had made relationships with. There was one in particular. He had um, met me on Instagram, or Converse. Uh, he's in Florida, and he had asked me for some artwork for a... Um, a gamer slash nerd kind of like con not convention but like a big party basically yeah <laughs> i don't know how else to describe it um and the theme was ninja turtles and that was something i was good at and so i sent him some stuff just as a donation just like you know keep it and then he would raffle it off for charity or something oh like cool yeah and it's in florida it's called um g-a-g-a-a-m Games, art, and music, I believe. Oh, okay. And it's this epic, like, party, costumes, and gaming, and all kinds of stuff. Um, but he ended up pitching in 50 bucks. He didn't, he didn't even buy a tier. He just gave me 50 bucks for my wow. first. And it was just like, you know, I built a good relationship with someone I built, you know, for our met on Instagram, and just out of the kindness of his heart, he gave 50 bucks. Wow. Yeah, it makes a big difference. So just kind of, st just tr a trickle of stuff like that. Yeah, there was a couple people who just donated for the heck of it, and he gave me 50. Like, that's a significant amount. Um, and then people that were looking forward to it that I had just been blasting on Instagram. Um, and then Facebook as well. I have a Facebook page, which is, is really small. Like it's, I don't have much of a following on there. Uh, but the people that follow me are like... The hardcore. Yeah, like they're really they're into it. They look forward to it, and they're talking with me. And I can probably name them each like on one hand. Just because, like, I know my followers on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Whereas on Instagram, I, I know a lot of them, but I have no idea who the majority of these people are because I have, like, 8,400 or so. Yeah. Um, but I, I, 
think a lot of them are ghost followers. I, I have no idea. Like I just, <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. It pisses me off. But on Facebook, I know. Yeah. And I think I'm not even at 500. And most of the people don't even interact with me. But there was like 20 or so that interact with me on a regular basis, and they comment, and they ask, and they look forward to stuff, and they share, and they're really involved, you know. Well, it, it just kind of saying that makes me think of the almost like today's society in that everybody and their mom watches the Marvel movies yeah. or comic book movies and, and all that, but yet your top-selling comic only sells 100,000 copies. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and even yeah. then there's like Marvel comics that only sell like 10,000 copies. Really? Yeah. Damn. And that kind of stuff. So, I mean, wow. you, you get the giant exposure and you're lucky if you get you know five percent of that to actually buy your that's crazy your product yeah i had no idea it was that low yeah yeah wow well i'm a lot lower than that but <laughs> <laughs> but just the concept yeah yeah no no yeah. I'm, I'm just blown away by that yeah that amount yeah no i went and looked at uh I, I looked, it was the Squirrel Girl comic was selling like less than 10,000 copies, and I'm mm. like, how is this comic still being made? And then I look, and it won Eisner's. Really? Yeah. And I was like, that's why it's being made. Squirrel Girl, like, blows me away. I know she's, like, this hugely powerful character. I, I, haven't, thought, I haven't read it. but I, And I knew she was kind of had a popular fan base, but she, that book has won Eisner's? Yes. Multiple? I believe so. That's crazy. I know it's been nominated, <laughs> yeah. And uh, wow. a lot of it just comes down to the take on the character. Mm. And if you've got something that unique out there, generally the fan base, I, I bet all 10,000 of those people are yeah, like yeah. super hardcore into it. Yeah. And uh, I know the other thing is Marvel's pretty good about if you've got a steady, a steady flow and they know you're not going to suffer from attrition, um, that they'll just keep it going as long as it's reliable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Marvel, I don't know why I thought of this, but Marvel had a really... I don't read comics that much. And when I do, it's usually like older stuff, not really current. But their run during... Uh, what was it? Um, were they, were they kind of like... They relaunched the entire line. And Marvel was, now? No, it was... Well, before that, it was uh, the Battle World and Doctor Doom. Oh, and, Secret Secret Wars. Secret Wars, yeah. I loved that. That was like, what, nine months to a year worth of like random stuff? Yeah. I loved it. It was just crazy ideas and... Well, actually, the guy that wrote that, um, he's insane because he started <laughs> that in 2008 or nine. Yeah. And he started laying out the foundations. It may have been 10. Oh, but, okay. But yeah, he laid out the foundation, foundations in this Fantastic Four run that went wow. uh, 30, 40 issues. And then he took it into the Avengers and did an Avengers run of about 50, 50 issues between... No, 50 or 60 issues between two series. And oh, then he wow. did an event in the middle of that, and then it all culminated in Secret Wars. Wow. So, I wonder what those little pieces were. Was it like the Illuminati or something? Because I know that was kind of sprinkled in for a while, right? Um, yeah. A lot, I might be totally wrong about this, but... Yeah. A lot of that was... I mean, the, whenever you talk about the having 100 years worth of stuff, yeah. that's the kind of stuff he was doing. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's... Wow. To me, that kind of says you're on the right track whenever yeah. you've got that much... That much history already built up, yeah, going yeah. into it, and uh, you know that's a that's a that's a prepared writer. Yeah, it, what what worries me is that I'm locking myself into an outcome, 
Okay. An extension of it. Like I want. You want you want the path to be twisty and turny and not... like it's like I want it to end up, you know, at this point and this point and this point. So I'm kind of filling in what happens between, and I'm worried that's not. Or, I don't want to say organic, but like if it's too stiff, you know what I mean. Like there was, at the end of issue two, I, there was this isn't ruining anything, but Masako doesn't have any independent thoughts of her own. She quotes things, and that's like it. Um, and at the end of issue two, I have her saying "f you," which is totally out of her character, but I really wanted that line in. And so I knew the outcome, and I kind of I was distorting her character and the way she thinks and why she would say something like that and I was justifying it when ultimately it was like I have to let go of my outcome because it, everything else I'm twisting to fit the outcome yeah when really it's like no the, the path led me to a different outcome and I need to be able to let that go you know what I mean so I guess I'm worried on a larger scale I have my outcomes my checkpoints basically which are pretty fixed and I don't want to let those go but I feel like maybe I, I'm worried that maybe I'll need to if, if the characters take me elsewhere. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It, it's yours, so yeah. technically there is no lock. Your lock is right. whatever you want it to be. And yeah. if you're building towards something, yeah, you've got that organic shift that can come, and you say, well, I didn't see this coming, so now I get to explore yeah. whatever it is in this side. And yeah. I, I think for, for my characters with the emotional content... The organic part of it really has to... I have to see where the characters take me. But I really want certain things to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I get really... I get, like, emotionally attached to them. Like, I have this vision of how the series will will end. And how the next one will begin, because I'm already... That's... I mean, know. honestly, that... I When I tried to write comics, that was one thing I was notorious for, was I never had an ending. Mm. But yet, when I listened to all the other writers that I took advice from, a lot of them was the first thing, well, I've got the ending, now I need to figure out what the rest of it is. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, it seems mm. like you're kind of naturally falling mm -hmm. into these, like you have a natural inclination to the storytelling. I, yeah, I think so, and I, I hope so. I th yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of... Like with issue one, the original story was the Jabberwocky poem, and then I added to the front and the end of it. Um, and yeah, and it, I kind of let it just go where it went. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's fun. It really is like to see. It feels like I'm kind of giving them their own life, and they're you know, which sounds corny, I know, but kind of you know taking me along their their journey in a way. Yeah. Well, if you're spending that much time in the universe, like just thinking about it, yeah, you know, it's bound to happen. A lot of a lot of story, the the best stories are larger than life. Like you said, with the Jabberwocky, mm. that was made how many years ago? Yeah, you know, and yet yeah. it's still affecting today, and, and it's developed a life of its own. And you know, yeah, that's something all characters have the potential for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, I spend a ton of time thinking about this. And it's like I, I um, the way when I think about it, it's is someone going to catch me doing uh, you know what, what do they call that um, where one thing doesn't match the other? Or there's like an inconsistency or something like that. Continuity error. Yeah, there you go. It's like is someone going to catch me in a continuity? Like that's I'm obsessed about that. You need to just know right now that's going to happen. <laughs> that's going to happen, and it's going to be okay because you're human. Yeah. And. <laughs> 
Um, it happens even in, I mean, especially in professional com. Again, I go to Marvel. Oh, I know. Yeah. They, there was a story they did with Spider Man, yeah. and uh, you know, Mary Jane's arm got broken in the middle of it, and then the next issue, the artist didn't get the memo. <laughs> Her arm was fine, and then a writer at the very at the, the the issue after that kind of crossover was done, he spent two pages with an explanation as to why Mary Jane's arm was fine. Oh, really? From what? Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny because at the end, it has it has Peter looking at the reader like, see, awesome. see, I know, I know. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So hopefully, nothing like glaring like that. Yeah. Where I, you know someone's missing a limb and all of a sudden they have it. Like I, I don't think I'll pull something like that, but it's more of like. I have this weapon, and like they all have the same weapon technology based off this alien technology. And in my mind, I it was like it has to make sense. I, I want it to make sense, and I want to know how it works, which is like it's impossible. I have no idea. <laughs> and even like lightsabers, as you get as we go on, like people have broken it down. There's this piece and this piece, and when you put them all together, this thing happens. And like the mechanics behind yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, but it doesn't make sense, right? It's just yeah, you, we're calling them certain pieces, but like I want to know. How my weapons work and and why, but I don't know if I can articulate that in a way that so it's like, do I even bother? Because it's, it's going to create a hole that someone's going to pick apart, you know. And well, if if you're having fun with it, like run with it. They did yeah. the in in again. Yeah. You go back to the mainstream comics; they'd have those giant breakdowns of the Batcave or the X Mansion yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know. And people did that for fun. Yeah. If you've got such a big, expansive world, you can do that for fun, and, yeah. and you know, that's... Yeah. Yeah. I think, actually, what I'm working on, one of the things is on, on my website, I'm adding something called the Skullgerpedia. So it's a chronicling of all the stuff that I can think of in my universe, because I, I won't have time to explain all of it in the issue. So that will give me an opportunity to, like, break down, you know, this is how the weapon works, and why as best I can. Are you going to advertise the Skullgerpedia in like your comics and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm still working on it and uh, one of the reward tiers for the Kickstarter, actually a couple of them are if you you know buy a certain tier. Well, hold on. Since okay. we're talking about the Kickstarter, how about we just go through all the tiers that there are? Oh my god. Right. I have 50 tiers now. No, it's like, wow. <laughs> I, You know what? I've seen 30, 40 tiers. It gets, it gets pretty crazy. I hope I didn't do too many. The first time I had, like, nine. It was very concise. But then I got feedback from uh, other people who had successfully done the Kickstarter saying I needed to do more. So I'm going to go ahead and say those people are crazy. I like simple, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what I did was I in the last one I added um, a tier where I drew a, a remark on the back of the cover. Oh, cool. And a few people did that. It actually really helped. It was a, it was a good idea. So for this one... Um, Tier ones for five bucks. It's digital stuff, digital comic, digital uh, wallpaper, blah, blah blah. PDFs, all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tier one point one is that plus the video commentary. Uh, tier two, ten bucks is the printed issue plus the other stuff. Tier three, twenty five bucks, mini prints, sticker pack, and the other stuff. Uh, tier four is the, is all the other stuff plus the head sketch. Uh, 40 bucks tier 5 is a t-shirt plus everything else tier 6 is a medium print plus everything else tier 7 is what's a, how much is tier 6 oh uh, 75 so it's a medium print plus a t-shirt plus a head sketch plus blah 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 all the other stuff tier 7 is 100 bucks a large print plus the medium print plus everything else 
uh, tier eight, 125, which is it's a special thanks in issue two, and on my social media, um, I'll be on, on the commentary video, so I'll have that person's name blasted everywhere I possibly can to say thank you. Tier nine is 175. It's uh, Masako versus anybody. Oh, so okay. It's basically like a kill shot of her killing whoever you want to kill. So you've got like a pre-designated shot of Masako, that... and then you're just going to add in whoever. Right. I tried to do that. That was the goal last time with Nyx. And um, I ended up just doing. There's only a few of them, so I ended up yeah. doing each one was significant, was different. Okay. Was it, you know, so I don't want to go the template route, but with the head sketch ones for tier four, I am doing. There's, I have seven different head sketches. That way you don't get bored, but you don't have yeah. so much diversity. Well, yeah. the, the way I did, I have well, so four of them are are common, so I broke them down into rarity. So four of them. That's awesome. That's like randomly, card. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So they'll be randomly given out, no preference. So four of them are common, uh, two of them are rare, and the last one's very rare. And I'll, I'll, it'll be broken down on the Kickstarter campaign, uh, which is which. Um, so yeah, tier nine is Masako versus anybody. And last year it was Nyx versus anybody, and it was Nyx was killing, um, who was it? Crabopulous something or other from, I don't ever watch that show. I have no clue what you're talking about. Was that like weird alien guy? His name's Compropulus Max or something like that? No, whatever. And then there was like, who else was it? Nyx versus, I don't know. Some other but it was, it was fun. And it's like a kill shot, you know, cutting their head off or whatever. Um, tier 10 is 250, where you get, it's a custom Iglean for issue three. So Iglean? That's the elf characters. Okay. Uh, the elf race. So you, you and I will decide, or design, a custom Maglian, how they move, what uh, weapons they use, how they dress. So they have somewhat of a say in this character. Uh, a lot of say, yeah. And that will be entered into the Skullpedia. Your official character will be part of canon. Obviously, it's in wow. three. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's really neat. And they could do one that looks like them, but Aglians have different facial structures. I don't think it'll really work out. But um, there's you could do custom tattoos. So the design of it is really up to the person. And I have a couple upgrades available for that tier, like giving it a speaking role um, and then printing out a poster of the page that your Glean appears on oh, or nice. page is or whatever. Um, so tier 11, 450, which is a custom Canon Sculpture. So someone can actually design their own Sculpture with me, go in Sculpturepedia and might pop up in like a side issue or whatever. Um, that, that's that's really actually very real, very likely that it will pop up in another storyline. Um, and then so I have upgrades for tier 11, like you and I will create a six-page story for your sculpture, which I will draw and ink. Wow. Um, and then you get to keep the original artwork. It'll be up for free on my, on my website for people to enjoy. I won't make any money off of it, and unless it's part of an anthology like way down the road. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's I, I think it's a pretty cool one. Um, but yeah, the price-wise it does get up there. And then tier 2, well, 12, sorry, 12. It's 500 bucks, and that's all of my remaining artwork from issue one. So it's like 16 pages of artwork plus two pages of colored artwork. Um, oh, that just sounds like a hell of a deal. 500 bucks gets you it's a lot. Well, 16 yeah. pages of original artwork. Yeah, plus two pages of colors, wow. plus everything in tier one through nine. So everything up until the Masako versus anybody. 
Holy crap. So that's a lot. But it's 500 bucks. That's pricey. Well, you know. even then, if you look at, like, if you're looking at original art online and how much people sell that for. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah, think, yeah. you know, I'm thinking a uh, minimum 100 bucks a page. That's, yeah. You know, you're getting. And that's, that's my going rate. Like, if, if I was to draw for somebody else, that's what I would ask for. Um, and the upgrade for that would be also to, to purchase um, access to my Skullger Stories scripts. So oh wow! I have access to all the scripts I've written so far, and that I will add to this folder in Google Drive. Now, how many? Um, that's only available to one person. I take it. Uh, tier twelve. I think I have like three slots available. Okay. No, actually, I'm sorry, one because because it's the yeah. original artwork. Okay. And then tier thirteen is a thousand bucks. This I call it the sculpture package. So you get the custom McLean, custom. So actually, basically, pretty much everything except for the artwork. Okay. So you get your six pages of comic that you know that you and I will create. Um, your own sculpture, your own Iglean that appears in issue three, shirt, stickers, all the everything. Um, plus, you get like a few more issues of issue two, or copies of issue two, um, and issue one, stickers from issue one. It's kind of like it's just a ton of crap. Yeah. And it's a grand. It's a lot of money, but it's a lot of stuff that. I, well, it sounds uh, it sounds well worth it. There's a lot of those that I'm like, okay, that person's obviously coasting on name recognition. Yeah. For you know whatever their crazy yeah. tier is, um, <laughs> and while I feel like you you, you said you have like eight thousand followers on Instagram, that's yeah. nothing to scoff at. No, no. So to even give away that much, even though you've built that reputation on Instagram, I I feel like that's a hell of a thing. I, I want to yeah, like I don't want to rip people off at all. You know, I want it to be like I got what I want, but I really want to make sure you get what you want. So hopefully you know that it'll be a price point that's enticing for people. Yeah. So you're. So it sounds like you're trying to like this is an intimate experience for them as well as it is you yeah, in a would, different yeah. in a different area. Yeah. If someone wants to drop down that much for a custom character, that it's gonna be like you and I are gonna be talking intimately about everything like about their backstory. Um, I want to know. I want to treat the, your our character with as much respect as I would my own that I've already written. You know. So it's not just like a one and done, you know, fill out the survey. It's like you're not gonna be talking until we're both happy with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I whoever if people go that route, like they'll get a ton of my attention. Yeah. Wow. Of course, yeah, not, absolutely. I it's, the, the connections with people, like that's, I love it. It's it's to know that I have affected someone in a positive way through my artwork is like the coolest thing. It's I love it. Now, I've seen you do physical art and stuff like that. Is this all going to be physical art, or are you switching to digital? Issue 2 is entirely done on that. What we're recording, the live, or the... the it's on, on the Surface okay. Pro 4. It's, okay. it's done entirely... Issue 1 I had done in pencil. Um, and then digital inks? No, actually, I kept the original uh, pencil. Oh, okay. And I colored underneath it. Um and it was, I'm, I was really happy with the way it, that it looked. But um, just as far as the power I have over editing digitally, like once you do, I, like once you do a page in pencil, I don't want to redo it. Cause I, I don't, I just, I'm not gonna redo it. But digitally, it's pretty easy to redo. I can't complain about that. And I don't have to worry about eraser marks and all this other stuff, you know? So I, I wanted it to have a cleaner kind of look to it. But it still has that kind of rough pencil look to it. Um, I use the same weird crosshatch shading style. Okay. Um, which was in it with the half issue as well. Um, so it still has kind of like a hand drawn look to it. I didn't want to go for the traditional inked 
look, mm -hmm. but I think for and then issue three I'll do the same. But I think for four, five, and six I'll go to that more traditional kind of look to it. Yeah. So yeah, the the power I have with digitally, I just I can't. And then I, I can take this anywhere I go. I like I have this here. <laughs> so when you have an idea or something like yeah. that, you can just you know I, sketch it out this, real quick. This seriously goes everywhere with me. I bring it to work if I'm on a break. I'm, I'm I was gonna say at lunchtime you're just yeah. sitting there and you can doodle and all that. Yep. Or not just doodle and dick around, but like I'm actually like working on pages or I'm, I'm writing or yeah, like this thing is in which sucks because I dropped it or ruined part of it <laughs> and I can't part of the screen won't work. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. But it's 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 been invaluable being able to carry my entire comic book with me that I'm working on and then be able to bust it out and work on it and tuck it away in my messenger bag and move on, you know? Yeah. Invaluable. How has being a dad influenced all this? I mean, do your kids see it and they're like, oh my gosh, that's no, super I don't. cool. No, because it has swearing in it. Oh, okay. And killing. Um, okay, so which, you try to keep them away. So this is... Yeah, they're not allowed to read it. This is a more mature title. Yeah. I really wrestled with that too, because like if you look at the way I draw, I don't draw like large-breasted women, um, no overly sexual things, just because, I don't know, it just seems cheap and um, it's just not my thing. But also, I don't want my kids to see that, it's not, I don't know. Um, but it, doing this, these stories, I wrestled with that, like where, how far do I want to take this? And ultimately I decided like, this, this is for me, again, this is for me, and I like Violence. <laughs> <laughs> Not committing violence, but like John Woo. Yeah. You know, movies. The visual um, of it. It's, yeah, but it's not, yeah. The bloody, like, part of it. I think it's kind of, I, just, I don't know, it's like, I, I like it. But then he also balances that with visually and pacing, and it's, it's like this poetic, bloody massacre, and it just, it, I like it a lot. So John Woo is a huge. Like, once I saw his work when I was younger, you know, I was like, holy shit, you can do this? <laughs> you know, and, and not have it just be glorified like like a slasher flick or something. Yeah. But, like, he made this kick-ass action bloody scene, and it's just cool. Like, it's just, you know, that, and so I, I like the ultra-violence, and hopefully I pull it off in a way that, I know it's not going to be as cool as John Woo, but, but it's, you know, stylistic and... Yeah goes above just killing people you know so for me i like that stuff and i like swearing for the most part so i put those in and it's not just for me like my character like nicks he swears mm -hmm. in issue one he swears um in issue two masako doesn't she talks in quotes so there's less swearing in that but um yeah it, it's it's for teens and up and i when when teens would buy it at conventions I would warn their parents, like, look, this has violence and swearing in it. Trying to give them proper respect. Yeah, you'd want yeah. somebody to have Because I would kid. want, exactly. Yeah. It's funny because the parents didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'd be like, nope, you're not getting near it. And the parents are like, oh, yeah, they see it on TV all the time. <laughs> they didn't care. Yeah. So um, I definitely recommend, and even for the Kickstarter I put, like, this is for, it's got, it's got blood and violence and swearing in it. This is for teens and up, at least, you know. Yeah. It, it, it would be rated R, I guess. Rated R okay. But not, like, early Jessica Jones rated R. Because <laughs> early on, she was pretty dark, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Because it wasn't it, was, it wasn't exactly the Marvel... It was Marvel, but it was like... It was the Max line. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah that was their... Yeah. That was their R-rated Marvel Universe stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's the, it would be like... 
almost the Netflix Marvel stuff, but without the sex stuff. I, I don't think I'll put anything really overly sexual in, in what I do. I don't know. Yeah. Not for me. Well, I was going to say, this is for you, so I mean, whatever yeah. you're into, that's what you're putting in. If that's not something you, you're into... I'm not then, into sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, your two kids show that. Just twice. I've yeah, done it yeah. twice <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Hit a home run both times. Yeah. I had a kid. No, it's... I don't know. It's I, I like the violent part of it. That's going to go in there. The emotional stuff's going to go in there. There'll be swearing if my characters swear. I don't know. I don't see myself adding anything terribly sexual and it just yeah. uh, doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Well, and you're also drawing this, so I mean, you, you gotta yeah. keep yourself interested in what you're drawing. It would feel weird to draw sex. For me, I don't know. It would feel weird. And even like, when I see... Do you feel like it'd be exploitive? Maybe. I just sure there's a tasteful way to do it. In a way that's real and makes sense, but I don't know. It's not something I'm, I've ever been interested in drawing. Maybe when I, you know, when I was like thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all tried that. Yeah, exactly. At 13. I can remember drawing in a textbook when I was thirteen and getting caught in line about it. <laughs> but um, beyond that, I don't. I haven't felt the urge to like draw anything sexually related like that at all ever. Yeah. And it was pretty graphic. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. A lot of us don't have that talent to get caught with. It's just like. Stick figures and round shapes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and people will be, look what I drew. And half the time, oh teachers are just like, I know they think they're doing something inappropriate, well, it was, so i got to bust them for that. It wasn't, I don't, they didn't catch me because of my talent. It was in a book that was assigned to me. Oh, okay. So I had to lie it off and say, you know, I turned it in, it was fine. Yeah. Whoever got it after that, I, <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. It was obviously me. Yeah, I was the only like I was like the drawer in the class. Okay, it was obviously. Okay. Me. But I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. They were like, okay. <laughs> they eventually just went with it. I would have gotten that was at a, a private Christian. Oh, okay. Elementary eighth grade. It. Okay. So I would have been kicked out of the school. Really? Pro? Oh, yeah. Dang. They take that stuff like dead serious. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So luckily, I was. I used to do a lot of lying when I was younger. <laughs> God. Uh, so yeah, so uh, sexual stuff. I don't know. I, I don't think it'll ever pop up really. Yeah. I get kind of. Well, I, I saw the romance between in that half issue. What I did get to read was the yeah. romance between Nix and Penelope. Yeah. So I mean, eventually you have that. Should it come down to that, you have that's something that you could address. I think yeah, ro to, romance but... is fine, and and they have a really deep, real connection. No problem there, but... And to be able to... Well, it takes talent to be able to develop that without just, you yeah. know, expo you know, just being like, in your face, look. I just I just feel like if, if all of a sudden they're getting down, like, it's just... It, all of a sudden now we're removed. It just feels like we're too removed from... The emotional aspects. Yeah, and the, the actual story I'm trying to tell. You know, just like... Sex scenes work, you know, in action or horror movies, it's fine. I mean, we don't mind them, but really they kind of take us away from... I guess they could add to it. But, well, even then, they're used as a device. They're not. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. anything important. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so in a I lot think, of those movies. Yeah, like what's important between Nyx and Penelope is not their body parts. It's 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 really honestly the what intrigues me the most is they have this very deep psychic connection. So it's not just like they're into each other. There's something about the kind two. Of like of them. Scott Summers, Jean Grey. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so whatever connects them is like there's something deeply ingrained in both of them that is just like they just. 
I think in the, in, the, in, the issue, in the issue they both use the word fireworks, I believe. Like there's something about them that is like deeply ingrained that they just like click. And even Penelope in issue, the half issue, she says that they're afraid of us. Like there's something about us they, that that Elik, the the government, yeah, or the military wing of the government. There's something about us that they're scared of, and like that's something I'll build on in the future. So that's that's one of those seeds I planted that will okay. come up later on. Do you have since issue one's Kickstarter is complete? Do you have any more print copies that people can buy? I have a few left. Um, for each of those tiers, I have well for for the first like five or six tiers. I have an upgrade for them, which is to have issue one come along with um, the rest of the tier. Um, so that's why it looks like I have a lot of tiers, is because each tier has like an upgrade to it. Okay. And the upgrade for a chunk of them is to have issue one, which I'm not going to print anymore. Um, both issue one and issue two, and all pretty much everything I do, I'm not going to do multiple print runs of it. Okay, so it's one, and if you don't that's get it. it, you miss it. Yeah, and that's that's more for me because I don't want to keep. I, I suck at selling these things. <laughs> I suck. I don't know how to sell them. What? I can sell my print work really like at conventions. How do you not? But the, you you said this is what you think about all day. How do you not yeah, know the how creating to creating of it? Yeah. Yeah. And the drawing and the storytelling. That's all. I mean, that's really all I want out of this. Okay. And then to show it to people. I want to show it to yeah. people because I I like getting the feedback and stuff. And you'd think that excitement would just bleed over into people into saying selling. like yeah into people being like oh he this is his. His passion project. Let's, I let's go. There's that element of it, but at a like online, there's that element of it. But at a convention, people don't necessarily know. They don't. They don't follow me. You know, they just they walk along the aisle and they see my work. Okay. And I get a lot of attention at conventions. I, you know, I think I have quality work. But they're not going to simply. They're not going to then say, "Well, do you have a comic that you can do?" Like every. Well, I guess that hasn't actually happened, but it's it's different because the people online, I think they'll want the next thing that I have. You know, but the people at a convention, um, they'll, it's, 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 I don't know, it just doesn't work that way. Like at all. Do you it, think if you had a graphic novel, it would be different? Maybe. Yeah, a complete story, yeah. Um, I think when you buy just one issue and the next one comes out like a year later, there's, yeah, there's probably less it's motivation. Hard, yeah, it's hard to, That's it's hard point. to keep up with that kind of stuff. That's a good point, yeah. Um, but the people online, they see me working on issue two. Even though it's not out yet, they saw me working on it and working on it for like So they're part of the time. process. Yeah, the, the process. The process, I think, is a big part of that. And so they're seeing that development, and then they're seeing, like, now it's available, and now the Kickstarter is coming. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably why it's different. That makes sense. Do you have it up for digital, like, like Comixology? Do you have it over there? I looked into that. I haven't, I haven't um, pursued that. Uh, I would like to do something like that. And there's all what I really want to do is have it published, and there's been a few small publishers that have been actually one moderate sized publisher that has shown a lot of interest in what I do. What do you mean by having like to where you just don't have to put the money up front yeah, to so do that? Okay. Where I just I make it, and then they print it, and okay. I'm done with it. Like that's that's really what I want. I don't want to peddle these things. Anymore. Okay. Um, I want to draw it and move on. So if it's one. so if it's reprinted, it's not going to be you. It's going to yeah. be a, another publisher. Yeah. Okay. It's probably a different cover and everything. Okay. So I'm only going to print this once. If I ever do get it published, they might want to or do it as part of an anthology. I would reprint it as part of an anthology. But um, I'm not going to like sell out of issue two and then say, okay, let's do another print run. Like once yeah. it's done, it's done. I'm, I've moved on. Um, so yeah, I would love to get it published. And there's like I said, there's been 
some interest in that, but the issue that I have is that I don't produce it fast enough. Yeah. They kind of, they want two issues a year for like an independent small comic, you know, creator. Two issues a year is kind of standard. And I can't commit to two issues a year, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, but now that I'm not doing conventions or print work as much, I might get closer to that. Um, if I stop doing Kickstarter, <laughs> that would add, that would add a lot more time because I finished issue two, like a long time ago, and and then it's like okay, prep for Kickstarter, at least a month, do Kickstarter a month, and then fulfill the rewards a month or two, and I'm not working on issue three, really at all. Okay. In between then. That so, takes away all your time from the creating aspect. Exactly. So if I stopped doing Kickstarter or had someone like hire someone to do it for me, which I'd be open to, that's like four months. Three or four months where I could put solid work into issue three. So and by then probably have it have it done. Yeah. I mean realistically, if I were to really match it, yeah, like yeah. Four months is a lot of time. Yeah. To like really dedicate yourself. It it, it could be doable, yeah. You're doing everything, aren't you? From yeah. lettering to coloring to you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As to where most comics, they have a different person for each job. Yeah, yeah. So being a one-man crew is obviously going to be time-consuming. It is, yeah. <laughs> but I refuse to give up any of it. I, I can't. I don't know. People have offered um, to draw a variant cover or the cover, and I'm like. In my head, I'm like, okay, cool. But really, it's like, no, you're not touching it. No. <laughs> this is mine. It's like, it's my thing. Yeah. I've put a ton of thought and time and planning and execution into it. I don't want to give up any piece of it. I, I like having complete control over it. And I'm, I'm kind of a controlling person anyways. But in this world, this is my world. I'm building all of this is mine, you know? And... I don't want to share it. I want you to read it. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, like everything's going to look and read and feel and have my pace. I want to have control over every single aspect of this. Is that going to make it difficult on the later tiers? Uh, what do you mean? Well, you said you had the $500 tier and the $1,000 tier yeah. where you're helping make character. Oh, yeah. Is that creative? <laughs> is that creative? And I, this is probably an awful question to ask when we're trying to promote this. But... <laughs> But as I said, I'm a process nerd, so yeah. here, and I understand the the ownership and the control issue of it. Do you yeah. think that's going to be like like a, a welcome challenge to try to kind of let that go into I, that with is somebody else? That is an anxiety I, I already feel. Okay, because if someone does go that route, um, ultimately I, I I need to have control over it. But you pay a lot of money, and I want to respect that. So I, I, I'm willing to like give and take. I have to be. Because it's no longer my thing. Exactly. It's You're hugely a part of this because it's your ideas as well as mine and your money. So I have to respect that. And I, yeah. I, that almost kind of has to take priority. I'm not going to do something like um, I want to have six pages of people fucking each other. Like, no, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> six pages of lots of killing with their character. Yeah, we could do that. Um, if he wants it to be, or he or she wants it, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much, I can work with probably anything, unless I'm like morally or ethically uncomfortable with it, I wouldn't do that. Okay. And that's, I think I, I probably have clear lines as to what I would cut it off at. at. I can't imagine someone would, would pay a thousand bucks for something like that. I yeah. Just, I, can't, I, I can't imagine, like, if you're spending that much money, like, 
you're into what I'm creating. And, exactly. And you want to be a part of it. So even though I do have some anxiety about that, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it would work out. Okay. Like I, I would make it work out. It's, so you think that if somebody's going to put that much of yeah. a commitment in, they're going to be somewhat at least on the same wavelength as you. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah. And if we're like way off, I have no problem giving you the money back and saying it's not going to work <laughs> out. Because I don't want, I'm creating an overall world and product that I want to feel good about. Um, and I'm willing to work with people, like I said, but um, yeah, there's definitely some line that I would okay. not be willing to cross. So we've got to, unfortunately for time, yeah. we've got to wrap this up. I've had a great time, Justin. That was fun. Um, where have where can people find you? Obviously, Instagram. What's what are all your handles and everything on the inter, uh, internet? <laughs> Instagram is uh, Justin underscore Prime. Uh, YouTube is Justin Prime or slash Justin Prime One. Because okay. Justin Prime's taken. There's this like, there's a DJ in, oh, like, okay. in like, Sweden or something. Like that. <laughs> Who goes by Justin Prime? Anyhow, so uh, Facebook is slash The Art of Justin Prime. I really should have all these matched. It didn't work out that way. Um, and that's that's all I really use. I don't use. I can't stand Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's really it. Okay. Instagram is my I most all my stuff goes to Instagram. On Facebook, you you might get things a little bit different, like a, a full page. Yeah. versus a cropped Instagram, you know, thing. But for the most part, they're the same, but Instagram is my immediate go-to. It gets everything first. So that's kind of like your hub. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, graphic content listeners, as you know, I'm at Adam Mess S. Messinger, everywhere you go. Um, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can hit up the show for, uh, for anything whatsoever uh, at graphic podcast on Twitter um, the real dot graphic content at gmail.com if you got anything like that that you want to email us questions um, shit graphic see, see I should know this and this is where I don't um, you added in during the editing well that, that's theoretically but it's much more fun to just hear me fumble and fuck up uh I should. I run the Instagram, and yeah. I can't tell you what the Instagram is right now. It's completely oh, really? out of my brain. I've got to look it's, it up. I can look it up. Oh, well, I've got it right. You here. got it. Okay. But yeah, my brain is just like. I thought, uh, it, was, I thought it was like graphic content. It's podcast. My, it's, it's graphic content dot, dot podcast. Pod, yeah, that's a little tricky there. Yeah, I see all the dots and everything, and mm. this is like the third time I've recorded and just been like. Like, it gets to that time, and I'm just like, I think I should probably have it written out. Are all, are all your handles different? I, I wasn't able to see Yeah. <laughs> I tuned out. Sorry. Uh, yeah, they're a little bit different. Um, as I said, like, this one's the Instagram's graphic content dot podcast. The Gmail is the real dot graphic content at gmail dot com. Uh, and then Facebook, is, or not Facebook, well, Facebook is slash uh, graphic graphic podcast i believe and then the the yeah, those are all different, the yeah. twitter yeah is at graphic podcast so and i mean we're on podbean we're on itunes and all that stuff oh wow so yeah it, it, there's a little bit of difference everywhere you go and that yeah. kind of fucks me up but <laughs> so i sound like a jackass during this end time as we're trying to wrap things up 
Um, work, the Kickstarter ultimately is why we're here. You said that launches on November 1st of uh, 2017. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, we'll, so uh, yeah. That'll be this Wednesday. By the time this goes up, it'll probably be Thursday. How long? How long is it going to go for? It's a 30-day thing. Okay. So pretty much through November, that's it. Alrighty. Yeah. How can how can people can people get issue one right now through some means or ways? No, or? I I pulled it off for sale, so okay. it's no longer for sale. Um, you can read it for free. Okay, where can you read it for free at? Right now, I'm so I, if you go to my website, theartofjustinprime.com. Okay. Um, there, I think I believe I have I'm working on a whole different website, so I have two websites. Oh, okay. That work technically. Yeah. Um, the other one's not published yet, but. TheArtOfJustInPrime.com, somewhere on there, probably the school's Colder Stories tab, or maybe on the homepage, is a link to the uh, Google Drive document. Okay, and you'll have the PDF there for people to read? The half issue, the PDF, you can read, read right away, because it's smaller, but the issue one is bigger, so you have to actually download it. You can't just view it, Okay. I don't think. Well, as long as people, like for new, new listeners out there, hopefully, who haven't had a chance to check this out, I figure getting that issue one... So that way, going yeah. into issue two, they can be just as excited as anybody else. That'd be awesome. You know, that'd be cool to get some get some new uh, eyeballs in on your stuff. Absolutely. So thank you very much for listening to the graphic content. Uh, I'm Adam. This is Justin. Jim is the one editing this. And thank you very much for putting it up, Jim. Uh, with that said, go read a comic. Go read <laughs> Sculpture Stories. Yes, and after that, listen to graphic content. Cool, man. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, I had a blast doing that. It was my first time doing an interview like this. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've interviewed people, like artists, on yeah. like, YouTube, but no, I haven't sat down with someone and done this. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah, it was That was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah we haven't, I haven't done it face-to-face, I don't think, for the, the show yet. How do you usually do it? Uh, we do. We've done Skype. Oh, okay. The, yeah. pro- the problem is with Skype, it's um, I don't. It's all on Jim's computer and stuff, so I have to go over to his house. I don't have a computer that functions like that, or a house that would allow me to do to do that because it's so small. And oh, okay. I'm taking care of my folks, and so we're oh, okay. all within two feet of each other at any given time. <laughs> so. Oh, make it rough. Yeah. yeah. So on Skype, can you record it? No, he had to buy a call recorder app. Oh, wow. What I do is, because uh, I was interviewing people through uh, Google Hangouts. Yeah. Um, and you can broadcast it to YouTube live or make it private, but either way it records it. So once okay. the thing is over, it saves it to YouTube, whether it's private or public. And then from there you can download it and edit it. Okay. Um, you can add in graphics and yeah. Instagram handles or whatever. Um but that, besides some audio, I've had some audio issues. I'm trying to figure out why that is on my end. It's not recording. It glitches okay. every now and then. Um, but that's been, that's worked out really well. And then when I do it live, people can join. Like, I'll do live streams of me drawing or the interviews. Yeah. And people can join in and watch and ask questions and stuff. Oh, yeah. We did, we've done Facebook Live a couple of times. Oh, there you go. And that was one that we had a lot of fun with. We've done that. And, well, it was funny the last time we did Facebook Live. 
Jim, we were using Jim's phone, and Jim's phone died, like, right at the end of it, so, like, the last five minutes, <laughs> like, we're sitting there, and I was like, I, whenever we do Facebook Live, I have my phone right here, so that way I can see who's coming in, who's going out, and all that, it was like, feed interrupted, and I'm like, what the hell happened, and yeah, his, uh, his wife, like, texts me, and was just like, what happened to the feed, because she's, she watches it from the other room, oh, that's cool. and, uh, so I was like, uh, it's a good question, let me go check. I tap his phone, just dead. Yeah, it sucks like that stuff's obviously out of our hands, right? Yeah. The feed and, and so when I'm doing these interviews or talking with, with people, um, sometimes I can't hear what they're saying, but record is fine. So I'm like asking them, like, what was that? Even though the audience would be able to hear them just fine, but I yeah. can't hear them. Yeah. And then my audio is messed up. So it's like, I'm not going to redo it. I'm not going to redo the interview. That's, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I've been doing this thing now with, uh, I kind of took on this, like, protege, apprentice, Padawan yeah. kind of guy. He um, he helped me out at some conventions, and um, so I'm kind of helping him with his style and content. And he's yeah. doing his first convention, I'm kind of coaching him up. Oh, nice. So we do these um, streams mm -hmm. where we talk to each other. Yeah. And they haven't been live or anything, but I save them. So we've done two. Um, but they're really fun. I don't know why I brought this up, but... So it's kind of like him and me, you know, it's a mentorship kind of role. Yeah, yeah. Um, what well, seems like very natural with your profession and everything. It really is, yeah. It's, it's kind of a nice marriage. And I'm, we're not going to do, like, therapy therapy. But, yeah, yeah. But the skills I use in therapy, yeah, they kind of lend themselves to just... To being able to teach about art. Yeah, and that kind of coaching role, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah it, it really is a, it was a, it was a fun find, I guess, because I didn't expect that. It's yeah. like, oh, I can put these things together. Yeah. And so we've been recording it, and I'm, I'm, what I want to do is make content, like recording this, which is mm -hmm. still doing, I realize. Yeah. So recording this whole thing and that, and it's like, this could be cut up into like little bite-sized pieces of content, you know, so I can keep pumping stuff out. Well, I figure with, with this, it'll kind of be, we can direct it towards your feed, and it'll give you kind of like... There's a reason to listen to this, and then there's a reason to go to your feed mm. for the little extra stuff. Yeah, yeah. So part of the deal with uh, my little Padawan is he's gonna download these things and then cut them up into. Oh, cool. So that takes a little bit off me. Yeah. So it's kind of like we're trading. I'm mentoring him, and he's gonna help me out with content. Okay. So he's gonna give these little cool sound bites or five minutes yeah. worth of chunk of time or whatever. Shit, I meant to ask you, who is like your, who are some of your visual inspirations? Oh, yeah. Do you want to chat or do you want to record it or leave it? Nah, it can be on here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Joe Madeira. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I can't draw like him, but. I, when you say that, I can see, I can see it. You talked about going straight from pencils to colors. That's something he does oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Um, yeah, he did that with, uh, I saw that in Inhumans. Yeah, Inhuman, His, uh, Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, the Savage Wolverine stuff he did, that was how it he just, did it there. It worked, too. Not, that doesn't always work, but, like, his yeah. work. Um, yeah, he's, like, he's one of those artists where if I see it, I have to stop and look. And he, absolutely. Uh, Umberto Ramos, I think. Um, I really enjoy looking at his stuff. I'm not sure how much of that goes into what I do, but he's definitely... I would say something I really enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, those two are like I think are like the ones that I really kind of like. Oh, and then um, 
Edwin Huang, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, I love that guy. Iron Pinky. He did, uh, huh? Iron Pinky is, is his handle on Instagram. Oh, okay. Iron Pinky. Okay, I, uh, he did a bunch of Street Fighter stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I love those Street Fighter comics. I need to read those. They're so good, dude. Yeah. And here's the thing, is they're not, I hate to say it like this, because it sounds derogatory, but I don't mean it. It's, it's empty action. Hmm. It's empty action, and it's one of those things I can turn my brain off and just enjoy. Oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And it's it's a lot of yeah. There's totally. not a ton of character depth, but there doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. and it's just well, it like the the art's really good, yeah. and you get you know, it's the, the deepest <laughs> it gets is kind of with Ryu and his mentor and Ken and Akuma, and that's kind of the deepest it gets. And then there's a little bit with Cammy. As to when she becomes a good guy and a bad guy and oh, all okay. that, but overall, a lot of it's just fun. Beat them up, you know. Yeah. I can sit there and read through, you know, I'll read through a couple of graphic novels of that, and you know, two hours or an hour or something I mean, like I that. Need to, I need to get on those. Um, just, if nothing else, just for his artwork, because he, he's got that really simplistic. Everything he does, like it has a purpose. He doesn't have very many lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knows how to use thick and thin lines and he knows where to put them to make a count and he, he's another one of those where if I'm flipping through my Instagram I have to stop and look like I'm very, really compelled by his work and then Umberto and especially with Madeira his the energy he puts into his stuff um, that's kind of what sucks me in is like it feels like something's moving you know he pulls it off really well. There's a ton of energy going into what he does. And so I think with what I do, I, I attempt to do that in my own way. But I, I, he, that's kind of where that energy is something I try to pull from him specifically. Okay. Yeah. Ed McGinnis, is that another guy that... I really enjoy him. I was going to say, whenever you talked about Madria and, uh, yeah. you know, Umberto Ramos and those guys, and, like, I was just like, oh, well, McGinnis is another action yeah. guy that, you know... Yep, seems to kind of fit in that. Yeah, same thing when when I see him in my feed, I gotta stop and look. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Who else? There's a couple other ones, but those are some big ones that come to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anybody writing wise that that's uh, I that you you've kind of taken notion from? I don't think so, but I really I've the stuff I've read of Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, I do enjoy. Like um, I finished reading. I think he did all the Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Oh yeah, and the Miles Morales. Thing. Oh yeah, that I He's really still writing all that. I, shit. He was blown away by the Miles Morales seemed like another kind of social justice warrior or social justice kind of attempt to fill a white role with like a non-white character, right? That's kind of what it, it, on the surface it looks like that's what's happening, but it, and it's like the same story where he gets bitten by the spider and everything, mm-hmm. and his uncle dies. But it works. Like I don't know why it is, but like er, the way he wrote that is like it really works. Well, for me, I look at I never look at those characters as like social justice. I mean, to me, I feel like we need the diversity. Yeah. And I feel like it's we need more whether it's somebody behind the computer or on the page. Sure. You know, we need more voices and I've heard a lot of the well, the best person to do it should get the job and I'm like Yeah. You don't always. That still comes down to taste. It's mm. still subjective. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, and to hear everybody's point of, points point. of view, um, and I feel like for Bendis to do Miles Morales, he's added a lot of that. Um, 
it's almost like you have Peter Parker and you've got the elements that make him. And I feel like it's a it's a different recipe for a very similar lasagna and spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's right. kind of how I you know. The, but like I'm blown away that like it's such a compelling character. But oh it, yeah. But it really is kind of a recycling of everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, his humor and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it but it works. Like what? How did he pull that off? The other thing How is... How does he, like, he has his parents. He has his parents, and that's a completely different but, thing. But, well, than, spoiler than alert, though, like, the mom dies. Yeah. Um, his, well, his uncle died, but the dad... Well, his did, uncle, that was crazy. Yeah, that it was, was a crazy it, you know, story. It worked. It was really... Yeah. It worked. Um, but that, that blew me away about... I, I think I generally enjoy... I don't think I've read anything by him I didn't like. By Bendis, you know? Yeah. But the Ultimate Spider-Man, what blew me away is like, I'm actually enjoying this, and all he's doing is like, blatant, it seemed like blatantly kind of retelling the Peter Parker story, but mm-hmm. it, it really like worked. And I was blown away by that. I don't know how he did it. Yeah. It just seemed like he remixed it, you mm-hmm. know, and kicked ass at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's some of my favorite stuff of, of his. What got me into comics was Ultimate Marvel Team-Up. Really? Did you ever read that? Oh, I don't think so. Um it's it's an extension of his Spider-Man stuff because it's basically Spider-Man teams up with whoever. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And okay. honestly a lot of it's not that good because this was during the it was the third ultimate book that they'd ever put out. And it dealt with a lot of characters that had not been dealt with in that universe. And there's some of those stories that are just blatantly out of continuity because it doesn't make any any sense. And he hadn't nobody had figured out how those characters fit into the rest of the universe. Hmm. Um. So, but there's some of those that are really good. My uh, and he works with like a different artist on each on each story. Hmm. Um. My first one was it was uh, this guy Matt Wagner drew it, um, and Ben just wrote it, and it was Spider-Man Wolverine. And I got that from Marvel, and then it was like the races from there. And uh, yeah, I wrote him in for a school project. They sent me that back in a letter, and I was just like, "This is it." And so, cool. so I picked up, I like, I picked up Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, by the time I came in, I think they were on issue eight mm. or something like that. And I, mm. I was in middle school, so I couldn't go back and I couldn't afford the the back issues because they were so expensive. Mm. For uh, Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Like wow. I think even at that point, issue one was like a hundred. For the Miles book. Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. No, Spider-Man? no, for the oh, yeah. Peter Parker Ultimate that Spider-Man. Was really, that was that was really good too. There was a little bit too much of the. There was, I like. Um, I don't know if you, you ever heard of McFarlane's quote when he did the Spider-Man or Spider-Man. He wanted it to be more Spider and less Man. Oh, okay. Whereas previously, like an amazing, it was more Man. Yeah. And less Spider. So he really wanted. The hero. Yeah. And uh, Bendis, during the Ultimate Spider-Man run, there was a lot of relationship stuff. There was a lot of Mary, Mary Jane off and mm-hmm. on between. Like, oh, that yeah. kind of bothered me, but overall, really solid, really fun storytelling. Yeah. Even the his re, the way that they introduced Venom, you know, not as an alien, but... Yeah, yeah, something his dad worked on. And it worked. Like, it was, everything just clicked. It was... Yeah. I guess they have the benefit of <laughs> decades worth of storytelling but yeah yeah he made it work it was really well yeah the only thing i didn't like was the the end like the death of ultimate spider-man mm. i didn't like how they used green goblin and like the whole sinister six thing and mm. doc ock just what i didn't like it has to be epic i mean it but right? it seemed it seemed to go against character that was kind of my problem whose character uh for doc ock especially 
Because he was kind of uh, subservient. Was, there was that, and then he does like a hero turn in it. I don't remember it. And, Maybe I'm not remembering And then Green Goblin kills him, and I'm like, this is the guy. Yeah. I, to me, I felt like Doc Ock was more of his Magneto than hmm. Green Goblin even was. Like as a main villain? Yeah, yeah. All they had, and that well, was because I felt like Doc Ock, while, while Green Goblin was way more psychological... I feel like Doc Ock was the pure, like, fuck this kid. I hate mm. him. I can see that. I, I think... Um, Especially, like, my favorite story in that whole thing was the Hollywood story arc where they're making a movie and Doc Ock kidnaps him and is yeah. just super pissed it's a kid. Oh, yeah. That's and right. he, like, rips yeah. out his teeth and stuff. He did a really good job with Doc Ock in that, you're right. Yeah. So that, that was kind of a bummer for me. Um, and the other thing I didn't like... That I was bummed about was they brought back Peter Parker. Yeah, what the hell? I was, was like, ah, you should why? not have done that. Well, I don't understand what that was. Like, why that happened? I think that was needed. Did they ever explain how he came back? Oh, like they, they said he couldn't die or something, right? They said it was like he didn't, like he didn't die or something crap was, like that. They didn't. And well, Nick Fury tried to save him because he had that whole relationship with Nick Fury. Okay, I didn't, and I think I didn't, they were trying to give him and Mary Jane a happy ending. I um I I didn't re I haven't read any of the other Ultimate stuff at all, which and I really want to. But for Ultimate Spider Man, all I, within that storyline, all he had written in was that he couldn't die. They didn't really explain how he survived. It was him and um, Green Goblin. All it said was they just couldn't die, and it had something to do with uh, the Oz formula. Yeah. Okay. But they didn't really go into why or how or yeah. So, but if you reread, if you you know go back and look in those later issues, all you really flirt with is just we can't die. Yeah. And then that they kind of alluded to Peter Parker in that way, but within that storyline, they didn't really go further into it. Yeah, it was just like he's back. I felt kind of ripped off. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Not it, that I, it, well, it cheapened a lot of it, and it cheapened yeah. a lot of. Well, the fact that Marvel, it came back. Yeah. And like in the ultimate, I I, I don't like. I I feel like when someone dies, it has to count. And Harry Osborn. Harry, that was a great story. The the Hobgoblin yeah. thing where he fights his dad. Yeah. That was a great that was, story. Yeah, yeah. And and he and he died. And he, he didn't come back, right? He never came back. Yeah. But they shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's a business, so they have to bring him back to sell I more think books at and that everything. time they had Amazing Spider-Man Two coming out. I want to say it was movie correlated, mm. and so they were trying to get like the tiny because because that's that series didn't sell huge. Especially by the time they relaunched it, the Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man series, it didn't sell huge. So I think they were trying to get a movie boost from it. Hmm. But I don't. I would have liked to have seen Miles Morales in the MCU. Oh, he's gonna. They're gonna do a um. Shit, a uh, CGI film with him. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I I kind of would have. They they took. I didn't realize how much the. Spider-Man from the in the MCU is based on oh. the Ultimate. Like I, I before I had seen I before I read the Ultimate stuff, I saw that there was he had a friend in the previews. You know mm -hmm. the the what was what's his name? Ganky or something? Yeah, yeah. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Right? And then someone told me like, oh, he's from the Ultimate storyline. And I started reading the Ultimate storyline. Like, oh my god, this is like this. And I saw the movie finally. And it's, it's like very very similar, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of Miles, they put Peter back. Yeah, and then instead of Gonky, his name's Ned Leeds. 
Was it? Yeah. I didn't catch that. Which is weird, because that's like the main Marvel Universe. That's the Hobgoblin's name. I know, yeah. So I thought that was such a weird... In my head, I was just like, no, he's ganky. Like, I didn't catch that. I didn't even catch that. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought that was a weird choice for them. I'm like, you can't yeah. tell me he's going to turn into the Hobgoblin at some point. I don't believe that. <laughs> That's bullshit. Probably but, not going to happen, though. No. Um, so, I, I was... It's like you you put all of Ultimate... The, the Miles Morales stuff, and you're like, just put my... It just... At that point, it felt like this should be Miles Morales. Yeah. And I felt... Like just just go that extra step. We we don't need I don't I don't need that I like Miles Morales a lot now. Like after reading yeah. it, he's a great character. The problem is he doesn't really have that relationship with Iron Man. Yeah. And right. that was kind of the key yeah. hinge of that as to where Peter did have that relationship with Iron Even Man. Even in the comics too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, have you got to read anything uh, Miles Morales post? Um, just War? no. Not at all, no. Okay. You got it. What in particular do you recommend? I just start from... <laughs> just start from... Because he has his own book, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, just I called Spider-Man. Oh, okay, I've read it. Let me see... Oh, for real, dude? Yeah. That's crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah. I will definitely get, be, be reading this. Yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. And they're doing Spider-Man 2 right now. Did you read either of the Spider-Man series? Or the first what do you mean? Spider-Man. It was where, um, in the when the Ultimate Universe was still a thing, uh, Miles popped over and met Peter. Into, into the 616 timeline? Yeah. I might have read that. I'm not okay. sure. I it was have. all about um, Mysterio. Mysterio had figured out how to cross universes. And it oh, turned wow. out the Mysterio in the Ultimate U was the same Mysterio in the regular Marvel U. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. So whenever like they go after him and he was a dead robot body, it was because he was being operated by Mysterio on 616. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, I haven't read that at all. Okay. Yeah, that's all it. Right. I read... Not a whole lot. Usually, I have this issue where I fall asleep when I read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to fall to read comics and fall asleep when yeah. I actually want to go yeah. sleep. Yeah. But right now, I've been reading um, what the hell is it called? Uh, Divinity. Oh, I need to get into that. It's cool. The first one was great. It's only a few issues, and then Divinity. Yeah. I'm on Divinity Two, which is also really cool. Okay. But I'm not familiar with the Valiant Universe at all. Um, the thing you need to check out is just a book called The Valiant. Okay. And it's their big event book. That was a recent thing? Or no? Three years ago, something like that. I okay. think it was 2014. And Paulo Rivera draws it. And it's fantastic. Like right. Jeff Lemire wrote it, and so did Matt Kent. Like, they co-wrote it. And to me, that gave me all the, the building blocks I felt like I needed to go into that universe. Oh, okay, cool. And after that, I went into Bloodshot... And then I got into Ninjak because really yeah Lemire wrote Ninjak and then he wrote and then Matt Kent wrote or no Lemire wrote Bloodshot Matt Kent wrote Ninjak okay and uh, yeah they were both really really well done I'm enjoying uh, Divinity it's really cool 
Yeah. I mean, just from knowing nothing about the universe. Mm -hmm. It's just a cool storyline. The artwork's nice. The, the writing's really good. I'm loving it, so I definitely like the springboard and the, some other Valiant stuff. Yeah, the guy that wrote that, he, he did, yeah, he co-wrote the, the Valiant, so. Right on. Divinity, I haven't got to check out. Um, it was cool. one of those things I was probably going to wait until they finished with it, because right now they're doing three, or they just finished three. Oh, this is one? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's called Divinity Stalinverse, so yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how that flows into everything, but yeah. No idea. So. We're not, it's been fun. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So I want to thank you again for the interview, Justin Prime, on behalf of my partner, Adam Messinger. Uh, again, Justin, Justin Prime's comic for Echo, uh, Sculpture Stories, number two, is available on Kickstarter right now. And it, he's got lots of sample pages up there. It looks phenomenal. I just finished looking at it. It's fantastic. Um, I also want to say that um, Adam and Justin, unfortunately, didn't have the best uh, situation to record an interview in. Obviously, you got a lot of background noise in and whatnot, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I, I, I hope that you stayed through the interview to this piece. Uh, it's not what we usually do on this show, um, but that's where we're at. So let me pimp the socials. Adam S. Messinger, at sign Adam S. Messinger on all your social media platforms of choice, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even the young man has Snapchat. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Jim Mason, uh, at Twitter, on my Twitter, at Jimmers with three M's, or on Instagram, at Jimmers with five M's. The show is also on all the socials, at Graphic Podcast on Twitter, at Graphic Content dot Podcast on Instagram, or our email feed, TheReal.GraphicContent at gmail.com. And if you are a creator, please send us PDFs. JPEGs are just terrible to download. Send us PDFs of your work. And like Justin, we would love to have you on the show. And I think we can even promise to uh, work out the noise issues on that. Those poor guys just didn't stand a chance on that one, did they? Um, you can also see updates about the show as well as various thoughts about what's going on in the comics industry in and around pop culture in general on our official page, which is hosted also on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash graphic podcast. So thank you again for listening to this great interview. If you want to get into some great uh, creator-owned comics, I cannot recommend Sculpture Stories enough. Um, this was supposed to go up a, a lot sooner, but unfortunately, a lot of timing and technical issues got in the way, which prevented us from getting this up there. But there's still 18 days to go uh, with this Kickstarter, so I heartily endorse this one and hope you guys go out there and back it. I know I will. So for Adam, I'm going to say go read a comic, and I'm going to say after you read that comic... Come back here and listen to graphic content.